This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Richie Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, CD Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the DJ Force X podcast. On this, I have my old friend Will Payne, uh, formerly of Zero Cypher with me back in um, the early 2000s. Uh, gone through a couple of bands since, and now he's got a band called Rhoda May, which is like an instrumental uh, progressive rock band, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, we chat about a whole bunch of stuff that's coming up in a moment. Uh, as for everything else, thank you for downloading the last one with Matt Rose. Um, again, all the people downloading, this is great. Uh, but if you can leave me some reviews on iTunes, that would be absolutely awesome. Um, just to up up my uh, exposure, if you will, to expose these artists and to expose the podcast and be able to bring in other artists, like different artists, entertainers, things like that. Um, but I've got a whole bunch coming up over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to have Seamless. I'm going to have uh, Voicians. I've got Hacktivist. Um, and as of recording this particular bit today, I just had one with uh, Riley from the band Thrice, which is huge. Uh, I mean, Thrice. It's Thrice. You know? Um, but yeah, uh, without further ado, uh, I'm just going to let go into the uh, interview so please enjoy uh, welcome to this week's show i have a very special guest on this episode i have will paint of road of Main, a progressive rock band based out of surrey in the uk um i've known will for many many years uh, we were in Zero Cipher together back in the back in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, and yeah, we've gone from there, and we're here now, which is another sort of fifteen years later, and we're here to talk about Rona May and other things. Yeah, so yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries, no worries, my pleasure. So we're going to talk a bit of uh, a bit of bit of music and some uh, some other stuff. So uh, if you want to give uh, for the benefit of my listeners. If you want to give a bit of background on on yourself, um, so I've been uh, well, Rhoda May's been going now for uh, I think about three years. Uh, we started, uh, yes, three years ago, uh, just for fun, really. Um, as you mentioned previously, I was in a zero cycle with you. I used to play bass, um, and I've been in a few other bands since. But uh, Rhoda May really was sort of formed out of uh, just a wanting to play in a band again, really. Um, and when we started it, it was not really intentional to become instrumental. It, uh, it, it, we were actually writing songs with the view to recruit a singer, 
Um, and uh, we practice at a rehearsal space uh, near us in North Camp in England um, called The Rooms, uh, where there's lots of other bands and it's quite an active circuit. And uh, we were just rehearsing uh, without a singer um, and a local promoter kept hearing us through the wall and one day knocked on the door and said, do you guys want to play a show? Uh, which obviously then resulted in the whole... Uh, we're not ready to play a show. We don't have a singer. And he was like, well, I think you sound great. I think you should play a show. So uh, we ended up uh, supporting Sensor um, for our first show because uh, they were coming to town. Um, and we played with them. And the, just the feedback was so positive after that about how don't get a singer. It will ruin the music and all that sort of stuff. So we kind of fell into it. Um, I've I, Myself and the rest of the guys have never massively been into uh, instrumental music, really. Uh, but I found myself, since we've been doing this sort of stuff, and obviously we've been sharing stages with other instrumental bands, I've got, like, really into it, uh, bizarrely. So I'm into bands like And So I Watch From Afar, and uh, the obvious ones like Explosions in the Sky, and uh, other bands like that, and just sort of really become really interested in instrumental music over the last couple of years as a result of it. Um, yeah, and that, that's pretty much what Rhoda May is. Cool, cool. So you weren't tempted to take the reins of vocals yourself, being previously fronting other bands? Um, well, I thought about it, uh, but I just can't. I think I've had enough of my own voice, to be fair. I know many <laughs> have. Uh, and I just didn't really want to sing. I was really adamant that I was going to concentrate more on my guitar and uh, we'd find a singer. But then obviously, you know, it just sort of turned into an instrumental product, pro- project. I don't think we even had plans to play shows when we started. It was literally just very, uh, just for the love of it, really. Yeah, just to kind of um, keep that itch at bay, if you will. Yeah, yeah, maybe just to do some, maybe be more of a recording project. But we ended up like doing quite a lot of shows over the past two years. We're on a bit of a break at the moment because uh, we're uh, in the process of trying to write a new record. We're about halfway through and we've been promising to release something for about a year now, but we're taking our time. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And uh, life gets in the way and all that, but we, uh, we, 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 we'll, we'll be back in the rehearsal rooms and stuff uh, in March. So who, um, who else is in the band with you? Um, we've got um, Mark, Mark Sanger. He plays drums. He, again, was in Zero Cipher. He was the, uh, wasn't the original drummer. I think I was the original drummer, but he was in, <laughs> he was in, uh, he was in Zero Cipher. Um, and he's also been in other bands with me. And then on bass... Uh, one of my friends, a guy called Andy Page, who I know you know, B, who yeah. was a who was a, a fan of Zero Cipher back in the day, and used to let us sleep on his floor and stuff in Reading. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he basically just has always sort of secretly played bass, but never really done anything with it. So I kind of bullied him to it a bit, I think. Oh, okay, cool. And he's turned into a into a ruddy good bass player, I have to say. <laughs> So um, you've uh, recorded, um, is it a couple of EPs? Is it, was it just yeah, we did, we did live sessions, again, from the sort of emphasis of a band that didn't really know what they were or what they were doing. It, we, we literally just wanted to uh, record as quickly as, well, once we started playing shows, we just sort of get in the studio and just knock some stuff out while it's still fresh and before, you know, musicians tend to get sick of their own music quite quickly. So we thought we'd record everything quite quickly. And uh, we did a, a live session at Stakeout Studios with Jason Wilson. Mm. That you'd done Ruben and... Um, uh oh god i can't remember what else he's done he's done loads of, oh he's done uh we are the ocean yeah we know. are the ocean uh dinosaur pilot that's it yeah um and lots of a fight star actually as well and, yeah. and some other bands like that so we we did a live session with him and we took a little film crew into the studio with us 
and we just recorded the whole record live. So was that that recorded in the studio? Yeah, that was done at Stakeout. Oh, yeah, cool. It's quite it was quite um, a funky little looking video with all the like um uh, the the fairy lights and stuff like that. So yeah, that was it. We tried to make it, it tried to make it look kind of like real cash and stuff. Um, but yeah, we we did all the live. We did the whole whole EP is completely live. It's not even really been edited very much. I don't think at all. Um, it was just. It, I think it took us like two hours to record that live session, but like a whole day of setting up and making sure the room sounded good. Cool. Um, and then off the back of that, someone saw that um, a, a guy called James Kirk, uh, not off or not off the Enterprise. Um, <laughs> he yeah, he saw that and. Uh, he uh re- he really liked it and he was setting up his own sort of home recording thing so he offered as a sort of to help his portfolio as well offered to record another session for us which became the second session we did yeah which was the 589 live session and then that basically became the road of may sessions ep that we released a couple of years ago cool cool um, is that still available yeah, that's still available from iTunes and all the various digital outlets. We don't have, I think we've got like 10 physical copies left of it now. Um, we're pretty much out. But uh, as I mentioned, we're, we're in the process of uh, writing a record at the moment. But I think with the focus these days more on internet and stuff and because of the nature of what we do, I think we might maybe not do a record and maybe more end up doing a more of an online Sort of like using YouTube, I think we might do like lots of sessions as well instead okay. of like maybe slowly release it and then maybe do a an actual physical release at the end of the year or something. Oh, that sounds good. But all good. all just plans maybe that might not happen, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. We all know how this goes. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yes, I, like it. it is. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at the the, the, the EPs you have um, out, um, you you haven't named the tracks as such; they're all numbers. What was yes. the um, what was the, <laughs> the, the 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 thing behind that? Well, I think everyone thinks, and we 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 have potentially teased people before by saying there's some sort of clever tool esque, <laughs> some sort of clever mystical thing about it, but there isn't really. The reason the tracks are numbered was that. As I mentioned previously, when we were recording with the intention of getting a singer, we didn't really want to name any of the songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we literally just, they're the order they were written in. Oh, fair um, so, so the number is the order they were written in. We have actually started naming songs now because it was starting to get super confusing because once you've got past about eight or nine songs and you go to your fellow bandmates, play number three, everyone goes, which one's number three? <laughs> um, so it became super confusing. Also, when people shouted stuff out of shows to play, we can't even remember what some of the songs were called so we have started naming them now oh, fair uh, but not they'll stay as they are those songs um we're kind of leaving them behind now and we've written a load of new stuff as i say also i think if people listen to the earlier stuff they'll probably notice the structure of it is a little bit more kind of obviously set up for a singer where the latest whereas the latest stuff is obviously not set up for a singer at all it doesn't really repeat and it doesn't really have yeah. uh you know much of a fluid song structure to it in terms of uh, you know, called verse chorus, verse chorus. Yeah, it doesn't really do any of that sort of stuff anymore. Um, but yeah, so that that was all the result of the the numbering was just a result of uh, no singer and no lyrical content to associate with any of the songs. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say that I was listening to the tracks and um, they they like the like you say the earlier ones were they sound like they were set up to have a singer on there because it did have that kind of yeah definitely that structure yeah. to it. But... 
it was again the promoter that asked us to play that sensor show. Um, again, sort of, it was just sort of pushed. We all felt like, well, we didn't feel like we were pushed. There was no pressure, but it just felt like, well, we wanted to record, so we recorded. Yeah. I think in retrospect, actually, we probably would have uh, now would have pulled those songs back and probably reworked them a bit, but we're probably going to just keep them as they are for now. Yeah. Cool. So you said, um, obviously, you guys are on a break at the moment, um, and you plan to record. Um, you say you've got half, about half, half the the record kind of done. Um, after your break, what was the, what's the sort of plan to get back into it? Are you just going to go back to rehearsing, or are you going to try and look for some shows and try and get back in the sort of like, um, live circuit? We've or? just just turned down a load of shows actually just because we've been literally sitting on the idea of writing a record for ages and um anyone that's been in a band knows that sometimes when you get like if you're not at a level where you're clearly doing the whole tour record tour record sort of uh routine Mm -hmm. um it's quite hard to turn shows down when you're sort of uh trying to get get out there um but we've been offered quite a lot of shows recently and we kept just saying yes to shows and we're quite um we like to be really well rehearsed when we play shows. I'm sure anyone that's seen us play probably can vouch for that because we people do mention that. But um, so if we are playing shows, we find it really hard to focus on actually record and actually writing and recording. So I think the plan is probably going forward for a little bit to hide from away from shows and just try and get this record done. What what influences you as a musician? What what bands have influenced you? If you could pick, say, three artists that really um, really mould your your style. Uh, well, my music tastes are always changing like, all the time. I constantly, I, I'm totally a sucker for going through phases and stuff. But um, I think of all time, probably in no specific order, like Tool slash Perfect Circle, Deftones, Metallica, uh, those sorts of things have been the bands that sort of stuck with me since I was little. Um, and more recently, as I mentioned, we're getting more into, well, I'm getting more into it a lot more instrumental stuff. I really, really love And So Watching From Afar and Brontide. Um, and w- recently, actually, I'm, I'm really loving the Marmosettes. I don't know oh, if yeah. you listen to much of those guys. Yeah, but I yeah. do really, I love all the guitar work on that record. And I think a lot of it seems like it might have been inspired from, the, I know the scene that you and I came out from, Beef, yeah. like the Rubens and uh, uh, those sorts of bands. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely sort of mellow over it but yeah. that album i've listened to loads this year uh, yeah, yeah they're a great band i i only picked up on them actually after their reading performance last year mm-hmm. um and uh, i just kind of downloaded the record after that from itunes and just been like all over it really since then yeah just really like it and then weirdly found out it was recorded by larry from 100 reasons oh really i didn't know that yeah it's a small world on that it is it is it's funny like looking around and everything and and like i'm because i'm going into this sort of like interview based thing and going back to some of these people that we used to like play with tour with like you know speak with and seeing if they're still in music and things like that and uh it's just crazy to see how like you know it's like the six degrees of kevin bacon but within the music world (laughs) you can associate (laughs) a lot of bands with these people you've met Oh, definitely. So, yeah, what what bands, like, if, if like, right now someone approached you, so what band would you come out of hiatus for? They go, we want uh, you what, to tour go on with us. Tour with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, re- I think the whole band would really love to go on tour with a band like Carnivore somewhere, right? just because I think maybe people would be really interested in our I think we'd, we'd open well for Carnival. Yeah. Um, or, like, as I say, Perfect Circle, if they did a tour again, that would be pretty cool. 
<laughs> cool. So, um, okay. So we've we've um, chatted about your band, and we're gonna chat about some Zero Cipher, if you don't mind. No, that's why. Cool. All right. So, um, because I got I got a few listeners that like I drop in here and there in conversations, you know, like sort of name dropping that I was in a band. Um, <laughs> I was in a band with you. And uh, we released an album it's together. A great secret. We don't like to talk about it. Sorry, it's a big secret. We don't like to talk about it. Yeah, I know. I know. It seems like some <laughs> big, big secret. But um, no, we released an album uh, and a couple of like an EP and a demo. Um, I just want to take you back to that point and uh, just chat about some of that stuff. So um, yeah, man. Kind of generic. What was your fondest moment of that that era? Uh, well, with Zero Cipher, I think actually it was. Um, we played this place called Subterranea. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think it was part of Julie Weir for Visible Noises. Uh, um, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it was sort yeah. of a it was not the, a festival, uh, but it like was the a weekend all ages, yeah, once a month, all ages shows in London. And I just remember playing that show, and it was at the time when we were getting a little bit of a buzz going about us, and it felt like things were super exciting. And I just remember playing that show, and I think we were doing a cover of um, my bit. Um, what was the Earthtone <laughs> Nine song we used to cover? Uh, vit- vitriolic HSF. Uh, we were doing a cover of that, and <laughs> I remember kids just stage diving and there being a massive circle pit, and it just felt like that time. You know, when you watched Nirvana videos on VHS when you were a kid, and they showed videos of people, you know, jumping into the crowd and it all just yeah. being hectic. Yeah, I just remember thinking, "Oh, this is awesome," um, yes. and just that being a real sort of what highlight for me. Not not specifically just because the show wasn't the biggest show we'd ever played, but it was just the first time. It just felt crazy and fun yeah. and really exciting. Yeah, no, that's um, that's one of my most like vivid memories. It's the one that I go back to, and everyone never says, you know, like I asked you, what was your fondest moment? It was it was that moment. I think all of us. I can't speak for the other two, but. I'm pretty sure that was probably one of the moments of, like you said, it was like everything clicked at the right time and everyone would like, the buzz was there. The people were there. Everyone was going nuts. And it was just like, we were like third on the bill as well, which yeah, you yeah. don't normally get that kind of reaction, you know, being third on or second. Yeah, it was it crazy. Was. But um, no, I remember that show. I remember I've still got the tour flyer somewhere or the, the show flyer. And um and people like people still to this day who were there mention that show as like being one of the, cool. you know um obviously you know like Catbird and stuff like that but um yeah. like other people that were there there was like people I've randomly found that were that at that show and just said right. you know I was there it was it was fucking insane <laughs> it was good yeah really I remember when we were packing up the van and there were loads of kids sort of hanging around and. Just everyone seemed excited. Yeah, it did feel like when you're young and you're in a like real young and you're in a band. And, uh, you know, you're starting to play those London shows and stuff, but they're busy London shows. It just was super exciting. Yes. Yeah. None of those like two people in some backass bar in. in yeah. In not London. like driving 500 miles to play to two people. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one? That was that was Lancaster, wasn't it? Potentially, I think there were a few. I've definitely, I've done that a few times since. Like, yeah, uh, no, that, was, that was like, well. I think that was one of my first shows with you guys. Not, not, not the first show. The first show was the Westie, but um, that, uh, the one at, um, what was it called? The Alex. The Alex. 
Alexander. It was somewhere like in Manchester or but something. But we, we, we all like got into your car and <laughs> drove all the way to Lancaster, played this pub. I don't actually remember much of the show. And then we drove home afterwards. So this is like... I just remember everyone being asleep and me feeling really ill. Yeah. I think that's all I remember. I think that's why I don't remember <laughs> the, uh, the show because I think I just passed out in the back of your car. But I, it was just one of those <laughs> things where it was like, I don't... I can't remember half the journey because I must have been asleep. But the fact of being five hours in, in a small, I think it was your Mazda. <laughs> yeah, we were borrowing equipment so we didn't have to take a van or anything. Yeah, I remember. yeah but it was, yeah, I just, that, that, that one was tough on the legs. Um, and, <laughs> they got, and they got her na- our name wrong on the poster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zero Kipper. Yeah, I think it was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I tend it's weird. Like I tend to remember the whole zero cipher thing, like just all the all the real fun stuff. Yeah, because um, you know, a majority of it was fun. It was um, apart from maybe potentially when we recorded those thirty songs for the second record, <laughs> we started to grill a bit. Yes, yeah, that was it. Was a, a bit a bit much at that point. Do you have? Do you still got those demos of those thirty songs? Because um, I was trying to I, find it. Um, I I think there is a stack of CDs back in England. Like CDRs, um, I know I did. There were some cool riffs on some of that stuff. Some of the stuff you guys, I don't think used because you didn't you obviously use all of it. But, no, um, no. Yeah, I used... remember there being some super cool stuff on there. Yeah, no, there was there was some good stuff because I was trying to find like just sort of like demos, B sides that weren't that weren't released uh, at one point, and just sticking them online because. It's kind yeah. of like, there's no point trying to sell anything because no one's going to buy anything, so you just give the shit away for free. Not in this world. No, Not. no. <laughs> but yeah, no, there is there is a bunch of stuff. Um, I've got a whole like spindle of CDRs of demos um, and, you know, semi-mixed tracks that, that, like, all the ideas that we all came up with, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a long... I remember it being winter when we just spent all our time writing like twice a week like yeah. quite intensely and then recording in that really cold barn in the middle of yeah uh, <laughs> that can take it out of you i know it kind of you know it gives it, can it, give was you, horrible, yeah. it can give you a rawness but at some point you know there is the comfort of a studio <laughs> oh definitely so, there was always an underlining coldness about recording where your bones ached a bit when we were doing all the zero stuff stuff <laughs> yes yes and then the mold on the walls and the yeah. and the smell, the smell. We'll probably all is ten years less than we probably were supposed to because of that room. Yes, yeah, we'll get, get some asbestos <laughs> like poisoning or something at some point. <laughs> at least we'll be able to pinpoint it to a certain error. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I think my my um, place... sorry, does that place still exist? I don't know. Um, when we uh, when we finally went our separate ways, um. I think I went there once to pick up my stuff, um, and it was still up then. But I'd ne- I've never been past it since. Um, I drove past it like recently just to show you someone where we used to rehearse, and you can't even drive down that little road now because there's like a big surgery on the corner. Oh really? Oh yeah, that's yeah. His dad built the surgery at the end of his driveway. Yeah, that was it. That makes so, sense. Um, but down, down, yeah, the, it was still there though when that was open, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly haven't been back that way, so I don't know because I, I left some stuff in there that I wanted to pick up at some point, but I never went back for it, so it's <laughs> not important. But you know, probably still there. it's probably still there, but it may have rusted away. It was a piece of it was my, you know, my metal like jungle gym stand thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. Oh, you take that. 
No, I didn't take that. Um, cause it was when, when we had left it, it was all set up in the, in the actual practice room, uh, with a load of shit on top of it. Like the, the mixing desk PA, all that kind of stuff in there. Um, oh, I still own half of that PC, PA. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can probably have it. It's, uh, probably got a nice, uh, a nice whiff. You hit the bass on it and it just fires out spores. I think only one of the channels worked. It had left the right channel and only left channel worked or something. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, so we're um, yeah. I, d- I don't know what's if anything is left in there, but um, if it is, it's probably rusted. So, what a thought, say. But you know, um, my my uh, my turntables. Like when I opened my the, like, this was a couple of years ago. I got them out like when before I moved to the states, and I got a waft of the practice room out of the box. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I just popped a couple of air fresheners in there. <laughs> <laughs> closed it back up and that seemed to have like Febreze it and that seemed to have eliminated it so it definitely had a certain dank it did it did it did and then but it was it was cheaper oh, than oh the dank Barney <laughs> the dank was part of the record you know it was yeah yeah it should have got its own should have got its own thank you bit on there <laughs> definitely but yeah no I'm, I'm looking at the albums now actually I've got them in frames in front of me oh cool man yeah I thought it was zero cipher frame thing with loads of photos and stuff yeah um, although as I said I'm moving house at the moment so it's all packed down but I've got like a I think I might have sent you a photo of it before actually yeah you did like a... yeah yeah because I found a bunch of photos which I stuck on the the zero cipher Facebook page um mainly from around when we were playing together um but the one yeah. from our first London show at the Hope and Anchor. Oh, the Hope and Anchor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of pictures from that, and then there's like Uxfest and all that kind of stuff, um, which was another highlight. Uxfest, the first time we played Uxfest. Oh, Uxfest was amazing. This yeah. whole driving the wrong way on the M25 and then getting there late, <laughs> and then literally pretty much turning up and playing was pretty fun. Yeah, but you know those are the best shows. Got no time to sort of like get nervous about it. Get nervous. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I just remember my turntables getting crashed into, and then. Yeah, I sort of went into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, actually. But it doesn't trump Subterranea. No, it doesn't. But it definitely, it's definitely up there. Yeah. No, that show, I remember um, just about like headbutting the wall and things like that. <laughs> one of the... One I, of the... Do, I do remember us covering up a hole. Might not want to air this bit. Just in case <laughs> they've been looking for the person. But you stomped your foot through the ground of through the floor of a stage uh where was that place that, called? that was the tunbridge wells forum tunbridge wells forum yeah yeah, yeah and we I, just put a mat over it and left yeah because i had the, i had the foot pedal with the uh the sub bass like sonic boom that was it and i stomped on it and it went through the stage <laughs> <laughs> it broke the pedal as well it actually bent the pedal which is really odd because it's so small <laughs> but it actually had a little bow to it after that um but yeah, no, I remember well, I that think... as well. That was a, that was that was one of the. That is actually a literally a toilet venue because it was a public toilet before they turned yeah, it, it was, into a venue. It? But, is that still a venue? Um, I think so. I've seen it on a few bands like tour schedules. I don't know if it's used as much. I think I saw West Borland played there like a couple of like a year ago with um, Queen Wong. Is it? That's his wife's band that he's in. I think so. Yeah. So obviously, he's still going. I think but that was yeah. a reality. Yeah. No, it's it's funny like looking at people's tour schedules now and thinking, "Fuck's that venue?" <laughs> the the usual sort of tour support venues that have disappeared or they've changed their names. 
Oh yeah, yeah. that's that probably happens quite a lot. Yeah, but occasionally you do get the ones where we used to play. You know, like uh, well, I don't know if it's still actually around anymore, but the White Horse in High Wycombe, that was one. Yeah, I do remember the White Horse though, mainly because it was a strip club in the middle of the day. Yeah, I was wondering if that's um, still a venue or not, because I know there's a couple of like High Wycombe venues, but uh, I'm not sure actually. Hmm. I am not sure. I don't get out enough anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> me neither. But you know, when I do, usually to some kind of cool show. So yeah, it's all good. We got uh, Skin Dread <laughs> coming through uh, in April. Oh, they're actually playing in the States again? Yes, they're doing like four dates in Florida and um, with Soil. Oh, nice. And uh, Oh, cool. It's going to be good. And then the same night. Nice, man. Exactly it... the same night, the venue directly opposite, 36 Crazy Fists are playing. So, are they back? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. That always, there's some band you've never heard of. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I mean that that's going to be cool as well because obviously we shared the sh- stage at Subterranea with them, and subsequently other stages yeah. as well. But um, many of yes, many sort of wet afternoons in London, Birmingham, <laughs> um, like playing to like ten people, you know, <laughs> and then uh, Benji marched people to the cash point. Yes, yeah, that was a fun one. That was Birmingham, wasn't it? <laughs> That was uh, yeah. That was Birmingham engine rooms or whatever it was called. Uh, was it? it was the place that burnt down, wasn't it? Uh, I think it might have been. Yeah, was, yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the venue. Was it Scruffy Scruffy Murphy's? Something like that. Something along those lines. I swear it had engine in the title. It may have. I I I, I remember that show though. It was like up a few stories and then yeah, he took the promoter to the cash point because he couldn't pay him. So, <laughs> which is a. Uh, you know, it's one of those stories that I'm go- I'm hopefully going to be interviewing them as well, actually. So I might see uh, if they remember that or not. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Benji probably yeah. done it before. O- owed him money, so. <laughs> 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 but yeah, seeing them now, I mean, I look at the, the festival footage they're playing and it's crazy. You know, you're looking at these like... Oh yeah, festivals. but they really deserve it. They're a real tribute to a band that have literally just kept on going. Yeah. Because they're not... They're not like sitting on. I think maybe lots of people think that they make tons and tons of money out of it, but they, you know, they make a survival wage out of it, and they do it for the love of it, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. It's, it's just, it's just nice seeing it because there are a lot of bands that go disappear, go disappear, and these bands just, they just like you say, just kept going. Yeah, they are proper road dogs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They've got a good, uh, a good worth ethic, I think. So. I think they're slow to rise, so they'll be slow to fall. I think they'll be around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. The new album's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't given that as much time as I would normally, but I will. I will could be catching up on it <laughs> when I get a moment. What are your uh, <laughs> like hobbies away from music? What do you do? Like I've, I know at the moment you're moving house, but you know before when you're sort of involving yourself in playing shows, writing music. What did you do to get away from it? What was your uh, go to? Um, I tend to at the moment. I just just because of the way it's so cold here in the UK, Barney. I tend to just play loads of computer games. <laughs> um, I do spend a majority of my time working as well because I, I run a few businesses, but um, when I have any downtime, it's normally just spent playing computer games cool. Cool. and trying to stay out of trouble, not get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't always do that playing video games. So. <laughs> you can't always do that. <laughs> no. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I... I do love going traveling and stuff, or like not traveling so much, but sitting on beaches 
that are pretty. Yeah. Uh, but short of that, it's just video games really, and, and working and band stuff. Yeah. That's my life. You should uh, you should come to Clearwater in over here in Tampa. It's just been... I'm due a trip that way because as you know, I've got family there, and I keep everyone keeps telling me to come over. So I, as soon as I get a moment, possibly next year, I might I might, I might just do that one. I was you know, say that, come and think salvage. Yeah, because Clearwater Beach has been named number one in the states. So, oh really? Yeah. So we've got I think we've got three of the top ten beaches around here. Oh nice! I do yeah. love Florida. Got yeah. a lucky man. Come over and check it out. <laughs> I will. <laughs> then go to Disney or go to Universal. Or, you know. Oh, I've done all that, and it's not as fun now. I went with to bring my granddad with me, so I have to queue for all the rides. <laughs> when I was when I was little, we 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 went we did the whole the whole Florida thing with all the all the theme parks, and because my grandfather's got um walking sticks, although he can at the time he could actually move around quite well, but he still had walking sticks. So we got straight to the front of every queue. It was awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know if I can live with the wait times anymore. No, they've kind of stopped doing that as well. So um, where can people reach you? Um, like, where can they reach Rhoda May? What social media do uh, you have? You can find us everywhere. I think um, if you can't find it as Rhoda May, so R-H-O-D-A May, then it will be Rhoda May Band. And that pretty much on Twitter, Facebook, um, SoundCloud last fm those sorts of places you'll be able to find us there aren't any other bands called road of me <laughs> i was gonna ask what was the what's the uh, story behind the name uh well the name's actually funny going back to that first um that first show i told you about where the promoter knocked on the door and we sort of we had we got offered a show and the show was in like a week and we didn't even have a name either yeah um and i've always loved names like norma jean um like just sort of a name because it doesn't mean anything it doesn't have any preconceptions if it's just a name yeah um started having a look at old like 50s 60s actors and actresses and uh we came across someone called Rhonda may okay. and so i text guys and they thought it sounded too sassy Rhonda may like she'd have her own tv show yeah um and so everyone was like what about Rhoda may and then we all liked it although some people have said it sounds like a boat which i don't know <laughs> but i quite liked it so that's why it stuck <laughs> yeah no it works it's like it's it's kind of nondescript in that in that like kind of that was the plan yeah yeah because yeah. like like norma jean when you hear i know obviously everyone knows what well not everyone but most people who are into this sort of music know what norma jean sound like but when you hear norma jean you can't think or oh, what kind of band is it It doesn't say anything about the band at all yeah exactly yeah now that works cool all right man well um thank you again for your time um that's all right sorry for my terrible interviewing skills (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it i'll bring you uh we'll bring you back in when you've got um like the album yeah as i I say when we've got a record to promote we'll be uh we'll be a lot more focused at the moment we're in a bit of a in a bit of a dabble cool but i mean at this point people can check out what you've already got out there it's available across all the there's tons of stuff online tons of videos like on our youtube like there's loads of stuff and i think we might actually once we get back into the rest, we might release some of the sessions we did just before Christmas, before we wrapped up. Cool. That so sounds... keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah. So people go to rodamay.com. Uh, rodamay.com is probably the quickest way to get to everything cool. else. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, if that, there's the links from there. Um, but if you've got Spotify, Apple Music, type that into the search engine there. It's available on there. Um, and yeah, enjoy it. And then, uh, yeah, keep bugging them until they get something out. I mean, they... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
All right, man. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you soon, man. We'll play some uh, play some Rocket League. We will indeed. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you. All right, man. Catch you later. Thank you. Bye. So there we have it. Come to the end of episode 30. Um, so yeah, thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Go check out Rhoda May, RhodaMay.com. Uh, they're on all the social medias, all the YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, but go check them out. Um, since recording that, this was recorded about a month and a half ago. They have started actively going about doing some shows. Uh, so check out the website for the latest ones. I know they've just played one, but I'm sure they're going to announce a couple soon, maybe a recording or two. Um, but yeah, go check them out. Uh, let me know what you think of them as well. Let them know what you think of them. Um, five star reviews, four star reviews, even anything like that. If you can do that, just log into your iTunes or Stitcher or whatever else you're using. Deezer. Um, I know there's hundreds of these things that you use to listen to these these podcasts. Even message me on Twitter at DJ Force X. Easy as that at DJ Force X. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash dj force x um pretty much all my social media is just that tag um i've tried to get it all that way uh, i've got a youtube channel if you want to take a look at that it's got some old live videos of zero cypher on there uh, a couple of covers we've done uh some b-sides um all that kind of stuff on there i'm going to start hopefully adding a bit more content if i can find it like i discussed with will in that interview i do have like a spindle of cdrs of just stuff so i'm going to go through that uh, and try and find out if any of that's going to be any good to actually put up and publish. Um, you know, even though we've been long gone for a while, still a bit picky about what goes out there. But, you know, um, we've got our albums there on iTunes, uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. So you can check us out on there. Uh, the first album that Will was on uh, was 45 Minutes of Fairy Tale Endings. Um, and, yeah, we, we since split away from Mark and Will between that album and the second one um but will was part of part of the writing process and, and mark part of the writing process for the second one where we just demoed and demoed and demoed uh as we said in the interview just kind of reiterating um but yeah check out 45 minutes of prairie tale endings check out 45 rpm as well which was attached to that um it's just three tracks um and that's actually i was gonna mention that in the thing but that's actually my favorite release we've done was like one of the first um i don't know just still kind of stands up today is quite a kick to it but yeah tracks last september um think you know and filth um those three tracks were on an ep um or a single whatever you want to call it but it was a separate cd with with the album um but yeah check that out and um yeah let me know what you think that's all let me know what you think and um yeah until next time this is dj force x out <laughs>